a factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the Straight From The Desk podcast, a podcast where I discuss but three things. Two are topical, while the last can be considered as flexible. So sit back and enjoy. If you like what you hear, click on that donation link, which can be found within the show notes. Any donation will be appreciated. So, let's get started. How are you doing today? First up, the United States Air Force shot down a communist Chinese spy balloon over the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of South Carolina last Sunday. The balloon, which the Communist Party of China claimed was a mere civilian weather balloon blown off course, spent three days over the continental U.S., lingering over sensitive U.S. nuclear missile bases. Now, when you think of balloons, you're probably imagining the type that are featured in movies such as The Balloonist or perhaps the classic Around the World in 80 Days or its remake. This particular version of a balloon is a different type of animal. These types are equipped with a propeller, a rudder for steering, and a set of sensors with data links to orbiting satellites. All of it solar-powered. Unlike spy satellites, balloons such as these have the advantage of being able to loiter over their targets for just about as long as their operators desire. Satellites have only seconds or, at the most, minutes over their targets. It has since come to light that there was one earlier incident with communist Chinese spy balloons during the Biden administration and three during the Trump administration, though this information is supposedly from the usual unnamed officials. So make what you want of this, as far as anybody knows, unverified information. I'm no fan of President Biden, but shooting down this intruder was the right decision. Of course, the Chinese Communist Party threw the expected hissy fit with the obligatory threat to retaliate. This is a hollow threat, in my opinion. If the Communist Chinese were going to retaliate, they wouldn't announce their intention to do so. They would just take action. What is surprising to me about this whole event is the timing. It came on the eve of a scheduled visit to China by U.S. Secretary of State Blinken, who was to meet with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Of course, the trip was canceled in light of this occurrence. Either one arm of the Communist Party of China went rogue, or, more likely, it was all done to embarrass this administration and to signal to Communist Chinese allies, as well as the rest of the world, that China doesn't want or need to negotiate with the United States. Or perhaps the Chinese wanted to negotiate from a position of power. Only the highest levels of the Communist Party of China know for sure, I'm afraid. Next, a House of Representatives hearing on the weaponization of government agencies questioned former executives of Twitter about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. So far, I feel the biggest revelation to come out is the private back-channel the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI created to communicate with all the leading social media platforms with the apparent aim of silencing what may be called dissident voices, but are really just differing opinions. But of course, they're labeled as dis or misinformation. This back-channel was established and used via the Jira private cloud server and management software, a product of Altassian, which is headquartered in Australia. Well, at least it's not headquartered in Beijing. Not only were U.S. government entities involved in this back channel, non-governmental agencies, better known as NGOs, were also involved in this. NGOs have become, if they weren't already, mere extensions of government because that's where these organizations get most of their funding from. 
Most seem to exist just to carry out government policy, or should I say agendas, mostly from one particular political party's agenda. I bet you can guess which one, and I'll give you a hint. It isn't the Republican Party. Now you can see why many countries around the world have kicked these NGOs out, fearing interference and influence operations. And what better place to hide an intelligent operative? No one from these government and NGO entities have been elected, so they are rarely, if ever, held responsible for their actions, unless they come to light, which apparently has happened in this instance. This is part of the, if I may use the buzzword, deep state. What you have here is a combined apparatus with a shared goal of implementing an agenda, or to make it plain, an influence operation, this time on the citizens of the United States. Something that violates the Constitution's First Amendment, that is, or was highly illegal until the Obama administration, which modified the original Smith-Mund Act, which originally was enacted to prevent propaganda, foreign and especially U.S. government propaganda, from being disseminated to the U.S. public. The Obama administration lifted the disseminating to U.S. public part, meaning the U.S. government can now propagandize its own people at will. We're feeling the effects of this at this current point in time. Examples are the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop and the safe and effective mantra of the vaccines. Also, we're seeing the effects of this on the false accusations leveled at various political targets. If they can't get to the target publicly, the state apparatus has countless Ivy League trained lawyers that can keep the target tied up in court for many years, thus draining the target's finances. This has the effect of ruining the target, goal achieved. This has probably been going on since the beginning of this nation, but technology has enabled this power to be marshaled, concentrated, and executed on a scale never witnessed before. On the bright side, technology has also made it easier for it to be detected. Finally, my wife is from the Republic of the Philippines and departed this past Sunday for a visit to her homeland. This also marked the first time I have visited JFK Airport in New York since my retirement, which was effective December 31st of last year. As it often was when commuting nearly 26 years there, this particular commute was horrible with the state troopers shutting down the Southern State Parkway, which is the easiest and fastest way to get to that airport. The police were probably taking this action to investigate a major motor vehicle accident, which unfortunately is a common occurrence on that roadway. More so since the pandemic restrictions were lifted and the legalization of marijuana. During many commutes going to and from work on that road, the pungent smell of the weed would waft its way into my car from passing vehicles. Also, people distracted by their mobile phones while barreling down the parkway at speeds in excess of 75 miles an hour contribute to these accidents and probably a combination of all these things. Anyhow, we were forced to take an alternative route, which cost us about 20 minutes. We left early just in case of something like this, so we arrived with plenty of time to spare. The terminal my wife was departing from, Terminal 1, has no parking because its parking lot is under renovation. This forces the passengers to park at Terminal 8 and take the air train over to Terminal 1. At least that was the drill when I was still employed there. To prevent having to lug my wife's baggage up or down to the air train's terminal, we brought my son along so I could drop him and my wife off at Terminal 1's departing flight level before I went and parked at Terminal 8 and hopped on the air train and joined them. Well, that was the plan anyway. After dropping them off and upon arriving and parking at Terminal 8, 
I made my way to the air train terminal. I was then informed that the train no longer run to Terminal 1. Instead, I had to head down to the street level and catch a shuttle bus, which took a full 20 minutes to arrive at my destination terminal. It occurred to me that if I was still employed at JFK, I could have coordinated a ride from my former co-workers and avoid having to pay the exorbitant parking fees. While checking in for my wife's flight, I had the realization that I was just a civilian now, having to endure the same inconveniences as all other regular people. An insider, no more. Well, that will do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can send comments, suggestions, or complaints to sftdpod23 at gmail.com. Take care. I'll see you next time. Thank you.